this is the Wednesday, March 21st edition of our little weather get together. Uh, we are continuing our uh, National Weather Podcast Month, and we're happy to have the weather junkies on with us tonight. Uh, we have uh, Dakota Smith on, as well as Tyler. And Tyler, I don't want to mess your last name up. Jankowski, right? Is that right, Tyler? It's close. There's no W, so it's Jankowski. Jan- oh, okay. There we go. So Tyler and uh, Dakota are with us tonight. And uh, if you remember, we've ha- uh, we had the, the guys on a couple of years ago. So uh, kind of getting back together. And tonight, it's really just kind of a free topic. We're going to be talking about weather podcasting and uh, the crazy weather that uh, Tyler's been experiencing up in the Northeast as well as Peter. And uh, we also have Chris Jackson on with us tonight. Chris is a meteorologist in the South Carolina area. And Chris was uh, able to head out west uh, Monday and I guess yesterday as well. Uh, he was in uh, Alabama and uh, Georgia and South Carolina chasing those uh, crazy tornadoes. And uh, Chris got a, a slideshow for us for some of the images that he captured. So uh, we'll uh, also talk about that later on in the program. But this is a live broadcast. So if you are listening live on the uh, Facebook Live or Periscope, or if you're watching on our YouTube page and you want to interact with us, uh, feel free to give us a uh, shout out on Twitter or Facebook and uh, we'll give those questions answered. And if you're listening to the uh, podcast uh, later on in the week or a couple weeks from now, we'll let our guests share their social media platforms so you can reach out to them as well. So I think I've covered enough bases that James can find out if there's any tech issues. And I haven't heard from James. So James, uh, since we're getting a late start, I'll give it to you so we can uh, get the program started. And thank you very much, uh, Scotty. You are absolutely right. We uh are bringing you tonight's uh, broadcast uh, live via the internet, but Tyler is also on the phone, so we uh, wanted to make sure we were squared away there and and situated. Uh, so let me start there and kind of vet this out in real time during our live broadcast here on this March the 21st. Tyler, are you able to hear us okay there on the phone? Yes, loud and clear. What's it like to be on a phone? Is that one of those appliances you have to hold to your head? Well, the challenge is, I mean, rural Vermont and there is no Wi-Fi here, so I didn't bring my laptop. But uh, at least the internet, the uh, phone connection has come along. There used to be days when you couldn't even use your cell phones where I am. So I'm feeling uh, good with my connection. <laughs> That's good. That's good. And we can hear you uh, loud and clear here in the Carolinas and uh, across the internet. So that's uh, that's good as well, too. And as Scotty just mentioned to uh, those of you watching us online, feel free to use the comments feature, whether you're on Facebook Live, Periscope, or uh, what's the third one? There's a third important one that I'm forgetting about, and that's YouTube. So if you're there, you can use the comment function as well, too, to ask your questions. If not, later on in the show, our guests will uh, will have their uh, social media uh, information coming on up. Um, so let's uh, let's say hello uh, here to uh, Dakota, your your co-host, Tyler, on the, on the Weather Junkies. Uh, he is joining us in the magical fashion of Google Hangouts so we can see his face. Uh, Dakota, tell us a little bit about the Weather Junkies. I know you guys were on with us last year, but uh, for folks who aren't familiar with uh, your show as we celebrate Weather Podcast Awareness Month, tell us a little bit about your show. Yeah, so we've been on about two and a half years now. Uh, Not not as long as you all. Um, And it's very similar to your show, except that it's just two hosts, and we have a guest on We've been trying to do it weekly recently. We've been uh, struggling a little bit, slacking a little bit. Um, but, uh, but yeah, Tyler and I just talk about whatever interests us, and uh, it's a lot of fun. Tyler and I have a lot of fun doing it. Uh, we hope people listening do as well. 
I think we can relate a little bit to what you were just talking uh, about there. Just to be completely frank and honest with folks, doing a weekly show is a lot, and uh, none of us are getting paid unless you guys are getting paid and found out a magical way to do it. If so, please let <laughs> nope. us know. Yeah. Uh, so it does. It's it Dakota is, gets paid. Go ahead, Tyler. Dakota gets paid. I don't. Yeah, I know that feeling. I, I think Scotty's been holding out, or or Peter on our end seems yeah. to have all of the uh, all of the Cinnabons. If he's got a sponsorship, no one's told me about it. It's Peter. He he's getting secretly paid, um, and I think Shay is too because he gets to do all the cool uh, El Nino, La Nina talking stuff like that. I'm just the I'm just the chief booking officer. I don't get paid anything. <laughs> Well, on that note, and I don't know who who's best here to. I was going to ask about bookings, but but maybe before we get in that, you guys are a, a two man operation, as, as far as I can tell. H- how do the roles differ? Do you guys divide up the responsibilities when it comes to handling the show? And maybe I'll pose that question first to Tyler. Dakota does most of the booking. Uh, for a while, he was doing grad school, and I was working in TV, and now he's working, so things are in flux, and a lot of I mean, we both work really odd hours. It shifts and it's always different. So it's real challenging to get into a routine. But by far, Dakota has done most of the booking. And occasionally, when I get someone, I I bring them on the show. But certainly, we're always evaluating ways to make it better. I mean, we used to do it live at the same time every, every day of every week. And it's just become easier to do it on the fly when guests are available and when we're available. So it's challenging, but we're getting better i think uh our crew would kill me if we were to go any day but wednesday i'm just kidding (laughs) (laughs) dakota i know when you guys were on last year uh one of the takeaways i think we had as a friendly competing podcast is that you guys if i recall correctly had some show music is that right do you guys do a little post-production on your broadcast yeah we have intro outro music um, and now it's all edited because, well, not all edited. Most of it is just raw, but um, because it's not live, we can do some post-production editing uh, and slap some music on the, the end and the beginning. Yeah, that's uh, something we, we, we try to challenge ourselves with, for better or for worse, doing everything live to tape, which makes which make things uh, a little interesting uh, sometimes. Um you guys have uh, what sounds like a, a really well-produced show, and uh, even as you're joining you. us right now, uh, you have a, an excellent connection uh, for the tech junkies who are listening out there and want to learn more about the weather junkies. What's your setup like there? Like mic-wise? Yeah. And stuff? Uh, so I use a, a Yeti uh, Snowball. Yeti Blue, I think, is what it's called. And I have, a, if people watching, I have a little pop filter here. Um, to, to kind of filter out some of the, the louder noises. Um, and then it's, it's a USB microphone hooked up. I uh, use Audacity, a software to edit audio. Very simple, free to download. Um, and I'm working on trying to get Tyler to get a microphone. I hear one has been ordered finally. I've been giving the, it to forever. Yeah. The Yeti Blackout Edition is in the mail, but it got delayed by the storm. And it's blame it on the weather, but it arrives tomorrow. All right. Well, we will look for that on your most recent episode, and do let us know how that works out because I know we've got some folks who are shopping for microphones over here too. So, what has changed in your show in the in the past year? Uh, who did you have on? Uh, what improvements did you make? What did you learn? All that good stuff. 
Yeah, I, I mean, we've had a ton of guests on that I never thought I would even talk to ever, you know. Uh, we we kind of piggybacked off of you all. You had Jim Cantori on in the fall, uh, and then we had him on uh, just a few weeks ago. Uh, we had uh, Louis Uccellini on. Uh, I, I was actually going back and trying to remember our conversation the last time, and you asked us who our two guests would be if we, or yes, Tyler and I both, if, like which guests we would want to have on, dream guest. And we said John Neese and Louis Uccellini, and we had them both on uh, since then. So, uh, I mean, it's just been awesome, right? I mean, you guys know it's the people you get to talk to, the conversations you get to have are just uh, incredible. And uh, I'm so grateful that we've been able to do this. Yeah, you guys, look looks like you just recently had Jim Cantori on, and I'm, I'm so glad you were able to get those two big guests on. Um, in addition to doing the audio show that it looks like you guys put out on, on several platforms, do you guys have a, a digital web presence as well, too? And, and how does that fit into your responsibilities? Yeah, so we have a website, uh, weather junk, the, theweatherjunkies.com, and uh, I just I put up a post for every episode uh, with like a brief description and then uh, an embedded player so you can listen right there online most people listen on their podcast platform and not online um and uh, we also put a few blog posts up there every now and then if i'm bored or something um so so yeah i i don't think it's used as much as i would like for it to be used by people but um i think it's a nice place for uh if someone just perusing the web they stumble upon it tyler i'm going to pose this next question to you and i'm only blatantly saying that since you can't uh see us handing things off to you you guys recently had your 100th episode what was it like to mark that milestone well we we look at the number and the count of episodes and it's sort of crazy to think that we've been doing it for over two years now i believe um and i i don't know where the time has gone but it's pretty cool that we've been able to keep something going that certainly we enjoy but we don't make any money off of and we have much bigger obligations at the same time but i think the goal behind what we've always done is to just have a way to talk about what's going on i know a lot of meteorologists are constantly texting other meteorologists whether it's about a forecast or about things that have gone wrong or or whatever and certainly censored to a some degree but we, that's what we do on the podcast we talk about ways to better what we do ways to just improve and things that have gone on and it's been pretty varied we've we've had climate talks we've had talks about recent storms we've had talks about future storms all sorts of stuff but we just wanted a way for other people to listen a little bit of a bigger audience than just a couple text messages and the other thing was dakota was sort of disconnected from the operational part of of weather when he went off to colorado so that was why we started it and it sort of turned into something good and, and it's really the guests that bring the added flair each week you mentioned one thing there that stood out at me and i think we can fully relate is that you know we all do this because we love it and we hope the audience listens because they love it but we make no money uh so i'm gonna get real for a moment because i see you guys like us have a patreon page where people can donate and it looks like you guys have some followers who maybe are helping a little bit with the cost, but I assume there's still a little bit of an operational cost, even though no one's making any money. I mean, what are you guys doing to try to uh, support the show from a logistics standpoint? Yes, I'll take that. We have three followers on Patreon. One of them is my mom. So uh, we really just have two Patreon followers. Um, I can't even get my mom to to sign on, though. So you're ahead of me there. 
<laughs> well, that's a good idea, actually, Mom. Yeah. yeah. And think um, how many panelists we have on this show, and we still can't get Oh, my get gosh. <laughs> All right, everybody's got to get their moms involved. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it doesn't pay for uh, everything. So since we have a website, that, that costs a little bit. And then, as you all know, the hosting the, the podcast somewhere uh, costs something every month. And then the outside stuff like the mic, you know, you don't need a mic to podcast, but it really, really adds, um, improves the quality. Uh, so, yeah, it just comes out of the paycheck, you know, um, not the biggest deal. If, if it's something you like to do, then um, that's that's part of it. Well, I also want to give you guys shout outs and credits because one of the things that I think we've been trying to effort here, not to call out our audience, we love them dearly, but uh, I see that you guys have also managed to get some really great reviews on Apple Podcasts on the uh, the former iTunes store, and it looks like you've got at least 15 of them. So unless you guys have 15 moms, you're making some traction there too. No, not fifteen moms. I we we plug it at, at the end of every show. So um, and we also read the reviews. Uh, if 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 there's ever a new one, we'll read it, and I think that kind of encourages people uh, to review. So if you're listening right now to Carolina Weather Group, please rate and review the show. We'd love it. Uh, we would too. And They'd love it. Yeah, absolutely. We would. <laughs> we, don't, we would. We we don't check those reviews, do we, James? Uh, we do now. <laughs> we, we do, do starting right Sorry, now. Guys. Sorry, guys. <laughs> Peter Tell our viewers job. that. <laughs> but Scott, you just you know you didn't have to admit that to everybody all of the time here. I didn't even know that. that we were, you know, I didn't even know we had reviews. I'm gonna yeah. Well, well Scotty checks on that. <laughs> yeah, if you've been oh, reviewing us for these years now, then we have. We're a sorry. sorry. Yeah, we'll we'll get back with you. <laughs> What um uh Dakota? What other platforms are you guys on? It looks like you like us recently maybe made the move to Stitcher. Yeah, we we um, were on Stitcher from day one because I listened to my podcast on Stitcher uh, when I when I used to um, listen on on like online and not on the phone. Um, but yeah, we're on Stitcher, uh, obviously iTunes, and then I think our we're hosted by Blueberry. And I believe they send it to a whole bunch of places that I don't even know about. Um, we're also on Google Play, um, and recently we were on Spotify. That's that's the brand new one. Um, so and, and that's really cool. If you're at work and you're trying to make the time go by, uh, have Spotify up. Hold hold, um, hold the phone. Handy. You got Spotify to approve you? Yeah, I don't know what happened. I'm going to be honest. No idea how it happened. Because we can't get James. Spotify to approve us. James, that's messed we up. The, we pay you the big bucks, and you. Come on now. Oh, yeah. Other, other wet weather podcasts are getting this stuff. I know. I know. Now I feel like I'm letting everybody down. So listeners at home, when you're done writing us the Apple review, if you could also write a note to Spotify, <laughs> that would be great. Um, we, I have a viewer question, James. Uh, yeah, please. It, please it, go right ahead. Go right ahead because uh, we love we love our viewers. So if you've got one <laughs> question from them, uh, all the better. Go right ahead, Scotty. Yeah. So don't ignore uh, the, the questions. <laughs> Dakota and Tyler, I know you guys did a show a while back on weather Twitter. And so this kind of correlates with uh, this viewer's uh, question. This is from uh, JP Cobb. He's wanting to know, do you think there's room in the weather podcast industry where uh, you could do mostly shows about tweets instead of interviews? So I kind of correlate that to the the show you guys did about weather Twitter. Can you maybe answer his question and talk about what you guys discussed on that show? Yeah, I, I could take that. Um, hi, JP. JP's awesome. He uh, 
he's always, I think, listening to to a lot of the weather podcasts. So I appreciate his support. Um, I, I, that's a cool concept. I, I really think that could, uh, that that's unique, I think. And, um, I think you could do like a, a podcast on like a thread, like a string of tweets, um, that kind of focused in on a topic. Uh, some of the Twitter threads I've read, like, I feel like I'm, I, I learned so much, um, from whether it's a national weather service forecaster or, um, uh, someone who's communicating science and weather. Uh, the back and forth I see on weather Twitter is it can be incredible. Um, so, JP, I'd give it a shot if you if you're thinking about doing that. Sure, sure, go ahead, give it a shot. And, and I apologize, you guys didn't do a show, Dakota. You wrote a blog about it. I got that oh, yeah. that part messed up, but yeah, I actually read your blog when you when you when you displayed that, and I agree with a lot of stuff that you talked about in in that blog. Like to have fun. That's right. You got to share pet pictures, right? Pet pictures. <laughs> yeah. <were> <laughs> You can't scream at people on no cap- all capital letters. Can't you do that? I'm not supposed to be screaming at people in all capital letters? No, no, you can't. <laughs> oh, James. Oh, <laughs> uh, Dakota and Tyler, my, my question to you guys is, uh, we are in the midst of National Weather Podcast Month. This is the second year that uh, we've uh, undergone this, uh, this month. And I, I want to know from you guys – how do you feel like it's succeeded? I mean, last year was kind of getting our feet wet. We're now into to year two. What what do you think the progress is of that? I think it's cool. Who created it? Do you know? Uh, that was Phil. With the uh, Phil was, I think, the mastermind behind it at the Stormfront Freaks. And then uh, I know he reached out to a bunch of us. Um, I guess a couple of years ago and. I, I, Shay and myself do a lot for what Carolina weather group on that. And I just think it's a great, great thing is it's good to get everyone noticed. Yeah. I'd love to know exactly who listens to the podcast. I hope the audience is wider than the Twitter audience. Cause the Twitter audience is pretty limited. A lot of people don't know how to use Twitter. A lot of people will say they have an account, but they don't go on it cause they don't get it. I hope that these podcasts reach a little bit more than the Twitter audience because there's certainly some good information out there. The other thing I would say about weather podcasts is the market is pretty saturated. There are a couple podcasts, obviously, that have been around for a few years now, but then there's a new one with the AMS, right, Dakota? Yeah, yeah, AMS on the air, uh, brand new show. I, I'm helping them out a little bit to get it started, uh, but I, I try to get them. I, I've been trying to get them to have a podcast for a while now, and they finally. Uh, they finally said, yeah, let's do it. So, um, so yeah, but overall, I think the weather podcast month is a, has been great and it's a, it's a cool concept. Uh, it, we all kind of operate individually as our own shows and, uh, it's, it's cool for a month to kind of come together and be on each other's shows and talk about podcasting, some of the things that we don't get to talk about and a normal show show. So kudos to Phil for, for organizing that. And, uh, keeping it going. I'm looking forward to next year. Yeah, we have another. We have a new podcast as well from Jonathan Erdman and uh, Ari Sarsalari from the Weather Channel started their own. So they're they may get a little snowball running with their with their uh, podcast as well. So yeah, we're yeah the community keeps growing. I heard uh, he announced that on your on your show last week. Uh, you guys got kind of a scoop there. That was that was kind of cool. Yeah, or a little bit of an early heads up. So um, I still have to go back and, and listen to it. But, um, yeah, that'll be my project for tonight. 
And I guess to extend on that, what do you guys think the the future of the weather podcast industry is? Do you, uh, like Tyler said, it's kind of saturated right now. Do you continue to see it maybe growing or maybe kind of plateauing out? Or I know we're all trying to strive to be uh, like the weather brains. You know, uh, they're going what twelve years strong now. So I think it'll reach a plateau. It may already be there. Uh, a lot of it is dependent on what we do for real jobs so <laughs> that is in the mix going forward yeah I, I honestly i don't know i uh it, it seemed like for a while for, from when i listened to podcasts there were two shows and it was you all and weather brains um and then we started in november of 2015 yeah and uh and during that time, just there were like a whole bunch that just went up. There was Weather Hype, Stormfront Freaks, uh, Mark Jelinek's uh, show, What Is It About the Weather? Um, and it was kind of like a boom. I, I don't know what triggered it, but uh, it was kind of like a boom in weather podcasts. Um, and yeah, we might be at the plateau, but I mean, it seems like weather is more and more something that people want to consume. And uh, and podcasts are still on the rise, so um yeah, I think there's room for more, honestly. I, I agree. Um, and um, sorry, James, I don't mean to step on your feet here, but, uh, you know, I, um, we do a lot of booking and stuff. And, and I know you guys are talking about you do it, try to have a show every week. Uh, that's what we try to do here. We, we may take three or four weeks off a year. How hard is it to find new topics or uh, maybe kind of recreate an old topic and present it a new way for you guys. That's that's one thing that, um, thankfully, you know, I think we're booked all the way through April now. I mean, that's a great question. For a while, Tyler and I had, like, topics picked out that we were going to focus on for the show. Now it's more like we we have an idea of what we want to talk about and we want to bring that up during the show, but it's more loose. It's freeform. Uh we kind of go wherever the conversation goes, and then afterwards we title the podcast kind of based on what we talked about. Um, I think you all do a great job with that. I I'm impressed by how focused each episode is uh, every week. So honestly, you probably have uh, better advice than I do about that. Yeah, I mean that's something that you're going to struggle with when you get past like the one or two year mark, and we're there. But I think the great thing about weather is it's always happening and there's always an event. So if you want to make it topical, make it relevant to what's going on or what just happened, you can do that. And even if you've already talked about the topic, you can add to it or maybe talk about something new in that topic area. So certainly this March that we've had in the Northeast is going to come up in a future podcast. And even though we've talked about it before, there's always something to say. I agree. And one thing that we've done here, I mean, uh, we brought on Eric and uh, we brought on Jordan. Uh, we brought on Ashley. Ashley Morris uh, was with us tonight and we had to drop somebody because our tech issues and, and Ashley is, emergency manager management uh, in Texas. So with Eric and Jordan and Ashley, and you know, we've kind of broadened our, our scope of area. I mean, with, with Eric in Tennessee and Ashley in, in Texas, uh, Jordan's here in North Carolina, but we've, we've kind of broadened our horizon outside of the Carolinas. And I think that's helped us a little bit with bringing in new topics. We were maybe not as centralized Carolina 
as uh, we used to be. And that's the thing that I've posed to everybody in the group is, is this something that we could change our name, but we feel like our identity's already been given out and, and you know, we're on going on four years of this. So it's kind of like, can't really touch the name because that's what everybody knows us as, but we don't really cover the Carolinas as much as we used to. You got to stick with the name, I think. It's your brand. And and for me, like, I I originally, when I, like, first heard about you all, gosh, I don't know how many years ago, I was a little hesitant to listen because I, you know, wasn't in the Carolinas or whatever. But then I realized, oh, this is much more than the Carolinas. So, uh, so yeah, I, I think you stick with the name. And uh, I think it's awesome how many panelists you brought on. Uh, I really like the addition of Ashley because her perspective is, is so different than uh, – than just a pure meteorologist, you know, uh, with her emergency management background. So I've really enjoyed that. We're actually going to add uh, a host or two in the future here. Um, but I think oh, we're wow. going to stick. <laughs> yeah, Tyler, we're, we're, getting breaking, we're getting breaking news on all these <laughs> podcasts. I love it. <laughs> yeah, Tyler, I can let you uh, break that news if you want. We are excited to have uh, Ryan Breton join us for an occasional podcast going forward that should start in early april he's also a broadcaster in new england so we're, we're beefing we're we're strengthening that new england connection that's really cool and then we'll hopefully add i think we're gonna add another person in the summer um but we're gonna stick with the two host kind of format so just because that's what we've been doing and um we're kind of used to that and we're comfortable with that at the moment all right james back to you that's uh, i'll I'll stop right now. <laughs> oh, you're, you're fine, Scotty. I, I I jumped in before uh, because they paid us a compliment of our show seems so organized, and I was just gonna say, yeah, but you should come to the pre-show meeting because it's the exact opposite. <laughs> <laughs> I got a little taste of that today, but it still seemed like organized chaos. You know, not nothing too yeah. crazy. Just we're, wait till the after show. You should see the after show. <laughs> We're not we're not normally trying to juggle so many different uh, different lines, but this is great. We got we got quite the the party line going on uh, today as well. And um, Scotty, I know we have another guest on our line who's going to tell us about his uh, storm chasing ventures in Alabama this week uh, coming up here in in just a moment. But uh, before we wrap up the the first conversation uh, about weather junkies, I know we talked about your website, guys, but uh, give us the, give us the sales pitch. Uh, how do we find you on social media? And uh, what what is there a particular day of the week we should look for that podcast or should we just be subscribed and keep our eyes out on the phone for that notification that a new episode's out used to like i said always do it on the same day used to do it on thursday our goal now is one a week so i would recommend the subscription option because it may not always be at the same exact time but usually we'll do it we record it so it's not live and then we'll maybe do some post-processing and put it online so there's one a week but it's not exactly the same time each week how much time do you guys uh, spend producing the show? Like, how much gets cut out? Does a lot end up on the cutting room floor? Most of no, it. I think. Uh, well, most of it ends up. <laughs> I answered that question poorly. Um, most of it ends up in the show. Uh, that was my fault, by the way, because I asked two questions and one with opposite answers. No, it's okay. How much do you use? How much do you edit? Yes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't spend too much time editing it. Just uh, just quality control. Like if there's some bad audio for some parts, I'll take it out. And um, yeah, I, I edit a few other podcasts and 
sometimes I'm spending like hours and hours editing those and uh, yeah sometimes it's just a little much well uh, Scotty I might actually toss it back up to you I know we are about 10 minutes shy to 9 o'clock here on our live show uh, talking with the weather junkies live on Facebook live YouTube and Periscope uh, and uh, on our uh, podcasts uh, listening on your phone mobile device or does anyone listen with Amazon Alexa that would be kind of cool on uh, TuneIn Radio, Stitcher, Google Play, and Apple Podcasts. So, uh, Scotty, my friend, uh, we'll we'll keep Tyler and Dakota around as uh, maybe we talk a little bit about uh, tornadoes here next, I believe. Yeah, definitely. We're going to do that. I do have one last question because I want you guys to promote your social media accounts. And it kind of ties in with this last question. How do you market your, your podcast? How do you get the word out about uh, shows? Uh, we know how Facebook crazy that is and, and Twitter What's, what's the best way for our, our followers to, to get the latest updates and then uh, let us know uh, all the outlets that we can find it on. Appreciate that, Scotty. Uh, you can follow us on uh, Twitter, the WX Junkies. We're also on Facebook. Give us a like there. And you can if, if you're listening to this podcast right now on your phone, on a podcast platform, search the Weather Junkies, and it'll be right there. Actually, a pretty easy pitch since they're already listening to podcasts. Um, we're on pretty much every platform. Google Play, iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, uh, the works. And if they want to follow you guys personally, because Tyler has all these crazy nor'easters hitting him all the time, and you do these awesome tweets about Go16, how can they do that? Yeah, so I'm at WeatherDack on Twitter, and I'm basically just a ghost bot at this point, just putting out uh, <laughs> ghost gifts. So uh, if you don't like ghost gifts, don't follow. If you like ghost gifts, give it a follow because you'll like it. Yeah, I just, you just had a, a four panel up. And so I, I want to kind of ask you a quick question. Are you now a producer at the Weather Channel? Are you doing an internship or is it an actual job? Or what, what's going on there? Uh, Weather Nation. Yeah, I'm, 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 sorry, a Weather Nation. Weather Nation. I'm a producer over at Weather Nation. Yeah, uh, just started about three weeks ago. And uh, yeah, having a blast over there. I was going to show everybody. I don't know if you can see my phone, but uh, that's what the the um, emblem is. It's like a cloud with the lightning. It says the weather junkies. So go on your podcast and subscribe to them and uh, go give them a listen. It's a great show. Tyler, how can folks uh, follow you? It's just my name. So it's at Tyler Jankowski. That's J-A-N-K-O-S-K-I. And that is my account for everything. It's mainly weather, but I post uh, some other stuff on there, and, and that would be the way to find me on all platforms, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Very cool. All right, well, let's uh, transition. Jared, I'm going to actually let you bring in our next guest. You and Shay know Chris a little bit better than I do. You guys are all South Carolina folk, and uh, Tyler, you and uh, Dakota stick around if you want because we're going to be talking about the severe weather that hit the southeast, and I know you guys will have some some good input as well. So, Jared, I'll give it to you and uh, kind of let you uh, lead the second part of our um, discussion here tonight. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, thanks, Scotty. Yeah, it's uh, and and uh, Tyler and Dakota. Thanks so much for all you do. Um, uh, I live for the Ghostbot, so uh, that's it's fantastic. Um, so, uh, so we've got uh, Chris Jackson with us tonight. Chris Jackson is a uh, budding meteorologist in training, uh, doing uh, Penn State online. And um, he used to be in the fire service. He used to be a firefighter for 10 years in uh, Columbia, South Carolina area, and uh, is uh, quite a bit of a photographer and storm chaser. Uh, he, uh, 
I, I don't know how he does all that driving, but um, I, I sure I would I sure would be tired. But man's got a motor and he's got some really great shots from uh, Alabama and South Carolina. So Chris, thank you for joining us tonight, man. You know, so uh, Alabama Monday, uh, rough, <laughs> brutal to put it mildly. Um, you know, it did end up being EF three damage in Jackson uh, in Jacksonville. I know that we were kind of trading some messages back and forth on Twitter about that. Uh, talk to me about kind of your thought process and, and just how you went into doing some of these intercepts. Uh, that that was uh, you know Monday was crazy. It was the craziest day I've ever seen. You know, storm chasing. Uh, most of the time here in South Carolina, you just don't you don't get super sales like that. Especially uh, with the you know the network, the topography here, it's just a lot. It's a lot more difficult. And Alabama, it was it was it was difficult, but in different ways. Uh, basically, uh, started Sunday night and went to Birmingham Sunday night, and then got up Monday morning and headed north toward Decatur, Alabama, and uh, it seemed to be a pretty good spot. And it just kind of went from there. <clears throat> Very cool. And so, uh, it, so what was it like, you know, you, you, you get into position there and you got, I mean, you got to see some stuff like you got, you get, you got right on those wall clouds. I mean, you were, you were all over the place, man. I was watching, uh, we were all kind of following you all day. You're just all over the place. And how did you decide your intercept targets? All right. So basically, uh, I went to Decatur first, uh, cause looking at the model data, the sound of data, everything, you know, from probably Thursday, Friday through the weekend, everything said Northern Alabama was going to be the hot spot. And so, you know, uh, what I did was I actually did some uh, you know, Google aerial maps and just tried to find the best topography inside that, you know, hot spot and came up with Decatur. It was right on the uh, Tennessee River. And if you look on, uh, you know, like a Google Earth aerial, uh, like a, a state view of Alabama, you'll see uh, basically farmland for about 60, 70 miles wide, about 40 miles, uh, you know, north south. And I was like, you know, that's, that's great. I, that's right in the middle of the spot. And that's why I chose Decatur and, you know, went there. Then uh, probably about, man, about 1130, 12 o'clock, I mean, closer to one. But uh, the first storm uh, fired up and it went tornado worn just on the south side of the uh, Tennessee River, close to Muscle Shoals, I think. And I was on the north side of the river uh, just because I didn't want to get, uh, I guess, hung out to drive by the road network and not being able to cross the river and then not being able to catch back up to the storm. So I went north of the river. And as that storm crossed the Tennessee River, it actually uh, entered some more stable air and it just, uh, it weakened. I mean, fast, fast as it developed, it weakened and, uh, went back out to, I think it's I 65, uh, and just kind of watched the storm from a distance with a bunch of other chasers. There's probably, uh, 15 or 20 other chasers out there. And we all just watched the storm and just kind of dissipate and then headed back South toward, uh, Coleman and, uh, actually made it into Coleman as the storm started to, uh, to develop out near Oxford, Mississippi. And once that started, it was, it was game on just went, you know, dead for that uh, storm that I ended up on. And, you know, on the radar presentation, as that, that line developed, there was, you know, a broken line of discrete supercells. And the storm I went to uh, ended up kind of breaking free from that line. And as it did that, it started going from uh, southwest to northeast, and it took almost a, a direct east track. And when it did that, it just came straight to me. And it just worked out great. Sometimes it's okay if the storm chases you, right? I mean, it's just... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, kind of saves you on gas. Exactly. So, <laughs> that's great. So um, I, I'm hoping that you missed out on some of the hail. I, absolutely. I actually uh, lucked out and didn't get, I didn't see a single hailstone the entire trip. Uh, that was one thing I, I told myself I'm not going to get into because, you know, uh, just like with the sound and data for, you know, trying to find the best area for tornadoes, uh, that same sound and data told, you know, would tell you there's going to be some big hail with that. <laughs> and I don't want any part of big hail. 
And sure enough, when the, the hailstorm hit Coleman that night, uh, right after sundown, uh, that you see, everybody's seen, you know, hundreds of videos of, I was about five miles south of Coleman looking due north, right back up the interstate. And it just looked like, you know, it looked like World War Three with power flashes. I've never seen anything like it. It was insane. That's, that's amazing, Chris, because, I mean, the tornadoes were, were bad in Alabama, but a, a big story was the hell. And for you not to see any of that, that that's pretty amazing. Yeah, I, I, I wanted no part of that. I mean, could I? Absolutely. I could have jumped straight into a hell core, but I want no part of that, man. Uh, yeah, Chris, I'm trying to I'm trying to find your tweet where you actually showed uh, power lines on the ground and they were they were sparking up pretty bad. Yeah. So once once I pull that up, I'll see if James can share it out. But that was pretty intense. I mean, you 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 chased this storm all the way from Alabama area all the way across over to Florida and up into South Carolina. Did you come into Charleston as well? Yeah, I cha I actually chased that storm. Uh, the you know the picture of the wall cloud I got. You know when it, God that thing was uh, you know probably a quarter a quarter mile wide, maybe maybe bigger. Uh, this is only you know a mile or two from me. When I got that, I wasn't like three or four miles from the Mississippi state line near Red Bay, Alabama. And I chased that same storm. It produced, uh, I know the tornado in Russellville. I, I think I provided uh, Jared with a couple of pictures of that. I'm like five miles south of Russellville when it's all wrapped up in rain and the entire sky went green. It was amazing. And then, uh, you know, that, that storm kept producing a tornado for about 70 miles until it crossed 65 and got near Eva. Once it did that, it was nighttime. And, you know, it was going from a, a, super, a discrete supercell event to a, you know, like a QLCS and then eventually into an MCS. And basically, I just, the, the storms followed me and I followed the storms all the way back to South Carolina. Right. Yeah. I've got your, um, I've got your tweet up here on air now where you can just see the power, Don, just, just firing off. Were, were there any, did you witness any fires or any, any significant damages to any of these areas? Uh, I saw some roof damage to a, a, a few a few homes and a few uh, you know like barns and stuff like that. You know that area that I chased in was was really rural and and for the most part, cell service was actually good, which was thankful because you know that's everything. Sometimes when you're in an area and you don't know roads, the road network isn't that great. Uh, being able to have GPS, being able to have radar data, uh, NWS chat, being able to see what's going on in real time, and uh, that that's huge. Chris, so, I'll, I'll tell you, I don't know if you, I, I, you may know this, you may not know this, but uh, James Spain gave you a big shout out um, <laughs> while you're down there chasing. So that's pretty cool. I, I, I actually, uh, I got a tweet about that and that I never even looked at it until last night. I was laying in the bed and I was like, hmm. And so I got to looking through and I actually saw that. I was like, that's pretty cool. Yeah, I was watching live and he was just showing the video that Shay had, and uh, he said uh, Chris Jackson, a meteorologist in, in South Carolina, is down here chasing. <laughs> gave us this wonderful video. I was like, that is really cool. So yeah, I, I was maybe uh, probably two miles from that uh, tornado when I shot that video. It, it just came through. I mean, there, there there was still stuff falling out of the sky. Wow. And, uh, you know what's wow. crazy about it is, uh, as those storms developed early in the day, before I made it up to Decatur, I'd made a little pit stop. Uh, right at the interstate. I can't remember the exit. It was just some little small gas station. I think that thing was closed. But uh, that tornado actually went straight through there later that night or you know, later that evening, right where I was set earlier that day. And I, I've just been kind of wrapping my head around that. I'm like, that's crazy. Now, now Chris, did you have uh, – I was um, looking at through your Twitter feed, so I don't, I don't know if you answered this yet, but <clears throat> was you able to get to Jacksonville – uh, did you see any of the damage or did you uh, kind of steer clear of that area? All right. So the Jacksonville storm, 
that thing really got going. I was near Asheville, Alabama. If you're looking on a map, it's kind of, uh, I don't know, halfway between Aniston and Birmingham, maybe. Mm-hmm. And I was out near Asheville and I was, uh, I, I was kind of chasing some rain wrap tornadoes in the dark and it wasn't real fun. And I already made a decision, like I'm going back to the interstate, just going to head toward home. And then the whole Jacksonville thing started to happen. So I tried to hurry up and get to Jacksonville. I knew I wouldn't be able to uh, catch the storm, you know, when it was in Jacksonville, I was still probably 30 miles to the west of it. But I figured when it got near uh, Villarica, Georgia, between like Tallapoosa and Villarica, I'm like, with its motion, it should cross the interstate and we should be real close to each other. And uh, so that was what I was going to do. I was going to see if I could just, you know, catch it there versus, you know, trying to go up into some rain and hail all back up into Jacksonville because I knew that would be, you know, a total mess. And I'm, I'm sure they, they had all the help in the world and uh, felt I would be best to uh, go into Georgia and see if I could uh, uh, give some ground truth to this thing to make sure it's still on the ground. But as I, as I approached it, like, you know, uh, the, the tornado dissipated and it just evolved into a straight line MCS, you know, like a, uh, me and Jared tweeted you know, like a bowling ball. I mean, it was, it was, it was crazy. I, I was right behind the leading edge of it all the way through Georgia. You know, the, the tornado that went to uh, west of Hartsville Jackson the other night in Atlanta, mm-hmm. I mean, that thing was six miles off my right window. <laughs> I could see the power flashes from it, but uh, oh, no way I'm getting close to that. In the, in the middle of the night, in the rain, uh, safety first. So, Chris, I, a question for you. I'm going to do a screen yeah. share. I'm going to show a couple of your pictures. Uh, and this is in uh, Charleston, South Carolina. Yes, sir. That uh, where, you, where, you took, where you took this photo right here. Tell me a little bit about the dynamics of the atmosphere where you were in Alabama versus Charleston, South Carolina, where it's along the coast, we have cooler shelf waters here. Was there a distinct difference that you saw in the cloud uh, development and the storm development here versus there? Oh, absolutely. Uh, the, the Alabama thing was, uh, you know, most of the morning you had a, uh, you know, the CDO, you know, central vents overcast. I mean, it's kind of like a, a tropical system. Yeah, I mean, it was, it was overcast until probably 1130 or almost noon. And then once the once that you know overcast broke, it was a little bit of scattered cumulus. Then it got clear. By three o'clock in the afternoon, we we're you know driving west to uh, intercept the line as it developed in Mississippi. Uh, the skies were clear. I think I got a picture of it in there somewhere of the the, the anvil off in the distance, and that was from about a hundred miles away. You know, you can see the anvil. But so uh, you know, yesterday in Charleston, it was just a lot of you know low cumulus. It, it just never cleared out that and. You know, I noticed that as the storms approached the uh, the coast, you know, they get three to four miles, you know, from the actual ocean. And I guess there would be some uh, interaction with the sea breeze there that would cause them to uh, elongate a little bit and, and move more north than, than the easterly track they were doing. That was kind of neat to see on a mesoscale. Now, uh, For those you know, of you just joining us, yes, uh, Chris Jackson from South Carolina <laughs> Weather. Uh, joining us after a, a rousing a couple of days of storm chasing in Alabama and then um, something uh, uh, – Saw a couple spins uh, and some hail cores in Charleston. Uh, so, uh, Chris, you mentioned uh, that chasing in Charleston is uh, different than Alabama. I can't imagine why, um, but I-, I can imagine why. But uh, I want to talk about just some of the key differences that you find uh, navigating our roads versus out there. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, a lot of roads, uh, you know, other or especially around the Charleston area, east of 95, you basically have US 17 and that's it. Uh, that's your only good four-lane divided highway uh, that you can get somewhere reasonably fast. Other than that, you know, it's two-lane back roads. About the Alabama thing, their their road network's really good, and uh, there's a lot of uh, you know four-lane highways, divided highways, that kind of thing. Uh, 
But once you do get off the main roads, it, it's actually a little bit worse in South Carolina. You know, the, the video that Joe uh, was talking about, or was it, uh, oh gosh, it was Scotty. Scotty was talking about James Spann. You know, the, when I showed that video, that I was on a dirt road. I mean, I was, I was trying to get from one road over to the main road, and the main road had trees down it. I mean, just as far as I could see, it was you know, big oak trees, big hickory trees, way too big for me to try to get around or go over or move, anything like that. So I went down this dirt road and actually had to go around one tree out through, uh, I guess the tree was around the edge of the road, and thank goodness for four-wheel drive. But, uh, yeah, the, you get off the main roads there, and, and they can get a little suspect also. Living in Charleston, having to drive in Charleston? Um, yeah, no, I would never chase here. Yeah, no, no. no. But, and, and that was, you know, my approach yesterday. I knew, you know, once I got into, uh, you know, I come from Walterboro down uh, 17 alternate or whatever it is. And yeah. Basically, West Ashley went to the Limehouse Bridge. You know, I knew once mm-hmm. I got there, I'm like, I'm not going any further because there's no there's no point. I'll yeah. No. You know, the best place to chase here in Charleston is the beach. Yeah, I, so, I can if you just come to the beach yeah. and pitch a chair and hang out and wait for the shelf clouds to arrive, they will come to you. You don't have to do anything. They will come to you. And it's right. beautiful. Mm-hmm. It's crazy, but it, you, you'll catch, um, you'll catch some really, really cool stuff heading towards the coastline, especially if you have a sea breeze interaction where it blows up, man, it is fantastic. So yeah, just go and relax on the beach. That's all you got to do. Yeah. But yeah find your rooftop bar in downtown Charleston, go grab you a beer and just look out to the West and just wait. Uh, it'll blow up. You won't get a drop on you and it'll look really awesome. Right. Um, but yeah, man, uh, you know, talk to us a little bit just so while we got you, you know, you've, you yeah. just recently made a big um, career change, you know, yeah, to absolutely. again, you, you're, you're a firefighter for 10 years and you're uh, going to meteorology school now talk about you know let's talk for a minute about you know that thought process and you know that's a gutsy call man it is a gutsy call and you know uh, it's like i told a lot of people and a lot of people that, that, that know me you know know me well know me for a long time i've always been uh, a weather guy you know for lack of better terms you know i grew up and was staring at the sky when i was a kid just as cliche and cheesy as that may be i, I kind of liked it mm-hmm. and uh you know, that was something I always wanted to do through high school, but at, at the time and with technology and stuff, there, there was nothing online and, you know, there was nothing here locally. And I'm, I'm not going to lie. I'm just kind of a, a local guy, mama's boy, <laughs> call me what you want, but I didn't want to leave. I didn't want to leave home. And so, you know, the, the fire department kind of worked out six months out of high school. And in January, 2003, I joined the fire department, was there until November of last year. And it was great. It was great. I mean, 15 years almost, uh, it was the best career I, I could ever imagine. But even, you know, even having a great career and being successful in it and, you know, getting to do everything I ever could have done, you know, being part of the you know, state urban search and rescue team, uh, being a swift water rescue instructor, uh, doing some of the things that I was able to do uh, was great. But still, there was that part in my heart and like in the back of my head, like, man, weather, like, come on. <laughs> so uh, I guess. Over the course of a few months, I got to thinking about it. I'm like, I can keep talking about it or I can do it. You know, one day you're going to wake up and, and be old and be like, well, I, I could have done that, but I didn't want to be that guy. So it was a tough decision. It was, it was a, one of the hardest decisions I've ever made in my life. But I know going forward, you know, there's a plan for me. What that plan is, we'll see. But uh, I'm definitely going to try to do my best to uh, – uh, to succeed uh, with weather and, and whatever realm that that ends up being we'll see 
Well, we're certainly glad you're following your passion, Chris, and, and welcome to the that. community. We're looking forward to seeing more. And uh, if you have questions, ask. You know, we're all. Yeah. We may yeah. even have you. We may even have you as a panelist here. Well, I appreciate that, Shay. You, you know, I'm not sh uh, shy to ask a question, especially you and Jared. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, man. Uh, we, could, we could use somebody in the Midland, South Carolina. That would be excellent. I think. You know, I, 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 started, I started doing the Facebook thing. And, you know, the Facebook things, I guess, quote unquote, what made me popular. And even though I really don't like to look at it that way. And I kind of started that as a, it wasn't really a joke, but a couple of the guys uh, that I work with and, you know, a couple of people are friends with, they was like, you know, you're pretty kind of, you're kind of good at this. You already ought to make like a blog or something. So, I was like, okay, I'll try to make a blog. <laughs> and so for, for like six, eight months, it, you know, I didn't really, it didn't grow a whole lot, but I still did it because I enjoyed it. And, uh, you know, people started to catch on and started to read it a little bit. And, you know, three and a half years later, I got 56,000 likes on Facebook. And it's like, gracious, what happened? Yeah, you, cer you certainly have uh, National Weather Service Columbia's attention for sure. Right, right, yeah, they, uh, back in, I think it was 2015, the first part of 2015, uh, I got a message from him and, you know, we started messaging each other back and forth. And at first I was honestly, I was scared. I was like, Oh God, I done made the weather service, man. This is not good. That was kind of like my first thought process. And, uh, <laughs> you know, I went in and talked with, talked with the, you know, some of the forecasters there and, you know, basically formed a partnership out of it. And it's been great ever since, you know, made some friends over there. I, I, I love them guys and gals. They're, they're good people. They do a phenomenal job, uh, regardless of what you know. Some may say that they're spot on most of the time, dead on the money. <clears throat> no, that's that's fantastic. You know, so uh, you know, uh, have you thought about you know what you might want to do with this? You know, do you want to continue yeah. to you know, build your media empire or uh, right you know, and get into EM? Yeah, that, that's a uh, that's <laughs> oh gosh, that's like a million dollar question. Like, yeah, I've really grown the the weather side of things, and it's like. You know, if I want to continue to grow, which I have no doubt that I could, you know, which which direction do I want to go? Is, is it more toward media? Is it more toward, you know, forecasting and having a legitimate, like, you know, I guess a third party uh, media based weather company, if you will. I mean, I, there's a lot of different ways I've thought about going. I, I've had a lot of people that on Facebook, you know, they, they always ask me if I have an app and, you know, I'd love to have an app. I really would, you know. Uh, some of the features I'd like to in integrate into one, but it's, it's that, you know, that comes with the money thing <laughs> and, you know, not to get into all that, but maybe someday we'll, we'll have an app for suckling on weather. We'll see. I'd love to, <laughs> but uh, you know, for now, I'm just going to continue doing what I'm doing. You know, most of the time I, I really don't get it. I don't play, I don't like playing the game of like clickbait satire stuff, like, you know, the doom and gloom that so many people on social media do these days that, that all they're doing is generating, clicks and content for advertising and to make money. And I hate to say it like that, but it, you know, it is. Mm -hmm. And I really try to keep it real. And, you know, if, if the weather's good, if it, if this high pressure in the middle of the summertime or Bermuda high sitting over, you know, it, it's going to be a hundred degrees and it's not going to rain for two weeks. Probably not going to hear much out of me. And I think most mm -hmm. of my people know that. That's when you, uh, that's when you do outreach, you inform people about watches and warnings and right. all kinds of things in the weather that you've got to keep content going. So that, that's right. Yeah. And, and, what I've really tried to do, especially the last two years, after the the floods of 2015, you know, I, ha I had like six and a half million views on Facebook that one week, uh, just uh, you know, from the flooding in 2015 in October. You know, ever since then, my popularity, I, ba I basically doubled in size overnight. And it's like, gracious, there's a lot of people uh, reading this stuff. So I've tried to keep it really, really, uh, I guess, on point 
and and as important as necessary at the time if that if that makes any sense like i just don't want to waste people's time reading what i gotta say no 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 it's good i think it's great uh you're, you you do good work uh you know you're not one of these types that say you know i've been telling you since june of 2017 that this would happen right and you know what i mean like um alert mode alert mode yeah yeah you know i mean that's what some people do some people try to like yeah. they predict the weather and then they give themselves all this credit and, and say me 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 and, and, yeah. and it's really it's not about us as individual forecasters it's no. about getting the word out in, in near real time or as close to real time as possible without you know preemptive uh screening early you don't want to just pop stuff out there too early but that, uh, yeah right. i mean kudos to you i mean yeah, that's why you have a lot of followers because you do a good job. I of that. appreciate so, that. Show. Yeah, I mean, yeah. The rest of you guys, you know, uh, okay. there, there's, there's so much that goes into it. I'll finish up here real quick. You know, especially with snowfall in Sacramento, people go crazy over snow. <laughs> I'm one of them. I love snow. Some people hate it. So I, I love it. But, uh, you know, the, most folks just don't truly understand how hard it is to forecast snow when you got like an in situ wedge uh, over half the state four days in advance. It's, nobody knows where where the snow line is going to be or if it's going to snow at all and uh, that's something i'm really trying to work on to, to help people understand is is how you know how fluid these situations are sometimes it is going to be an outcast and, and that that's not a great answer to give somebody but it's an honest answer <clears throat> but yeah, one, that's all i gotta say about you know one, one one thing uh i stressed to you chris you're talking about that and something i like to do and something that we actually had our integrated morning uh team meeting yesterday uh at the national weather service gsp um and, and we're talking about in the weather service i think what you're going to start seeing a lot more and they're already doing it with some of their products is expressing the uncertainty in a forecast it's okay to say hey we're not sure what's going to happen yet and i think i think everybody thinks you have to give that clear concise answer but it's not always there and that's right case in point what's going to happen this weekend in the southeast uh it's going to be crazy because some people are probably going to get hammered by a winter storm where others are not and we just don't know that and probably won't know that until friday saturday once the event starts so that, that's right and that goes back to uh how, gosh was it december or, or january you know where the snowfall that you know down there in shay's part of the world where they got you know half a foot in charleston you know, I was I, I was up the coast a little bit over Myrtle Beach, and and to be quite honest with you, Myrtle Beach never saw a single snowflake. I went south on 17, got to a, a Devadu, which is you know rather near Georgetown. That's kind of where the rain snow line was. Go back north, it was nothing, just thanks to a dry slot. And it, you can't forecast. I'm you can't forecast some things three days in advance. <laughs> and we'll and we'll take that slice of joy for once every 15 <laughs> years. We'll take it. Right. Heck yeah. Well, Chris, you know, thanks so much. Uh, you know, you're, you, you know, we're really excited for you. And uh, it, again, it's really inspired to see you uh, pursue your passion and pursue your storms. I, I didn't know that you slept. So it was nice to know that you yes. did finally get some sleep yes. after all that driving. So that's good. Uh, but yeah, thanks again, Chris. Uh, Scotty, I'm going to go ahead and uh, toss it back to you. And uh, we'll wrap uh, we'll wrap up uh, show 325, which will never be forgotten. <laughs> That's right. It will never be forgotten. Thank you so much, uh, Chris, for joining us. And we also want to thank Tyler and Dakota, who joined us from the Weather Junkies. Uh, we uh, appreciate you, uh, Chris. Yeah, we, how, how can our followers follow you? Uh, how can uh, they... if you? 
Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Uh, I think I'm on about everything there is on, on Facebook, South Carolina weather. That's uh, at my SC weather. And then on Twitter, it's uh, my handle on Twitter is Chris Jackson SC. Um, on the Facebook side of business, it, uh, on my you know official page, it's just going to be weather. That's all for the most part. 99% of the posts is going to be weather related. Now with the Twitter stuff, it's my personal page. And uh, I'll rant on about things sometimes, but I, I try to keep it about weather most of the time. Like Jared said, 325 is going to be a show we always remembered. So uh, we appreciate you uh, coming on, Chris. Uh, and, thanks for having me, guys. Next Wednesday night, the 28th, we're wrapping up National Weather Podcast Month with Todd Lindley. He's the uh, Science and Operations Officer at the National Weather Service in Norman, Oklahoma. Uh, again, that was a show ravaged by technical difficulties, so we're going to try to uh, correct that show as well as we talk about forecasting wildfires. And then on April the 4th, we are going to be talking with Dr. Jan, Dan, John Jankowski, Jen, right? John Jensenius. He's the uh, NOAA's lightning expert. So he's uh, he's the one that does, he's the one that sends out all the reports with the live information from the news, how many, the statistics, everything, you name it. If you're on his email thread, uh, we get that information. We'll be presenting that as well. John will likely have a um, presentation to do and uh, just more safety awareness for lightning since he is the leading expert. Thank you, Shay. I'm telling you, I really have butchered up names tonight, and I apologize about that. So, uh, but uh, Todd Lindley will be on with us next week as uh, we talk about forecasting wildfires. Well, for a wonderful show that's now went on an hour and a half now, and all kinds of qualities, we thank you for watching the Carolina Weather Group and listening to us. We hope that you will join us next week as uh, we finish up the National Weather Podcast Month. Until then, have a great week. Uh, if you see snow this weekend, enjoy it because I'm tired of it, I'm sick of it, and I don't want to see any more of it.